0: hello everybody and welcome to the podcast fathers failing forward my purpose for this podcast is to break down the facade of perfect parenting and be transparent in my own failures for the purpose of recognizing them and moving forward if this is the first time you're listening hi my name is gabriel perez i'm a husband father of three kids eight five and an eight month old i work a full time job and my wife and i partner together in homeschooling our kids So, in this week's episode, we're going to be talking with about anxiety, and I've got a special guest here on this podcast, Phil Moreno.
1: How's it going?
0: What's up, man?
1: Not too much. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
0: I totally got scared and pronounced your last (laughs) name. I said it right. You got it. Okay. You got it. We hate to start off the episode that way. That's all right. With with messing up my friends Uh, and like that. I'm
1: getting anxious over this.
0: So, for the people who don't know you, for you know, because it's a worldwide podcast, you know, we're all over. Um, introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Family?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, like you mentioned, my name is Phil, and I am also like you, a husband and father of three. Uh, I am a pastor at one of our local churches here, and I've been on staff there as a pastor for now um about 10 years and been working for the church uh quite some time now and i teach our men's bible study which is a weekly bible study we have been doing that for uh, about six out of those 10 years i think mm. and it's been a great journey and so yeah that's kind of me in summary um yeah. I, I i also not only as a pastor i um have a full-time job at the church which I uh, help to administrate both our church and we have a private school. And so that keeps me pretty busy there too, mm. 40, 50-hour week type stuff.
0: You're a numbers man.
1: Yeah, I am a numbers <laughs> man. And after that, uh, I go and do my family thing. Well, and, and I guess I could say in between all that too, but for the most part, just like anybody else, it's a, it's a 40 to 50-hour week job. And then after that, I get to be a dad and a husband after that and on the weekends, you know, when we're not at church or doing church functions. Mm-hmm. So stay pretty busy. Yeah. Stay pretty busy. Yeah. It's good. It's been a good journey. Yeah. And then just I guess it's just the beginning. Yeah. 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 Just
0: getting started. Yeah. Starting yeah. at zero, right?
1: Starting at zero. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I'm glad you have me on here today. I know um, the topic that you, you asked for uh, me to be a part of is on anxiety, and I appreciate that especially because anxiety is something um, close to my life. And and mm-hmm. when I say anxiety, I, I don't mean uh, just I'm nervous to talk or I have situational anxiety or just like for the most part, you hear people say, oh, my yeah. gosh, I'm so anxious. Yeah, no. I mean more that's of a… That's like me. Yeah. I'm anxious.
0: I got like gas. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I hear people say that often and I just say, oh, that's such an interesting word that you would use. Uh, cause and from, I hate uh, you. Get out of my yeah, face. I hate <laughs> you. Yeah, because anxiety for me is much more than that. It's… Well, um, let
0: me stop there because yeah. I think um, it's it's interesting because our relationship started when your anxiety kicked in. Yeah, and so to kind of rewind, I uh, I attended your men's study for a long time. I was like, oh, this guy's speaking the word; he's a cool guy. But we didn't actually become friends until you had anxiety. Yeah, and the reason that was is because my wife has anxiety, and so in her going to the women's group, talking to. To your wife mm-hmm. they were able to connect on that level because you were just going through it and she was going through it my wife and so we became friends through anxiety
1: that's right that's <laughs> so, right
0: so that's I think that's interesting because um, that's that's just a it's a weird way to become friends actually well, it's not the normal that's for sure
1: well it's interesting too because um, that's what anxiety does it's um, it's an in between you and life it begins to to dictate and determine everything that that happens around you Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that our relationship would start off that way because uh through through anxiety through uh this sort of uh tool i guess is what i call it now that is used by god Mm -hmm. uh it's used to be a buffer between you and and reality and so yeah that would make sense when you think about it retrospectively uh, we would meet that way because I think yeah. it's pretty much been that way uh, throughout my journey of dealing with this. Yeah, I meet people or I end up in situations where... It's like uh, a
0: secret society. Inside. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I talk about it and you kind of know people who have it because you kind of know... You, once you say the word, they give you this... You get the look in the eye and you you under you kind of make a connection and know right then and there that you guys have something in common.
0: Because it, it, it is a stigma. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people... I mean, it's becoming more open about it now because so many people are suffering for it. There's, mm. there's a lot of suicide going on because right. of mental issues. Even and in it. the church. Yeah, and even, especially in the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that's huge. And and the fact to bring it to light, to talk about it, to, to own up to it, and I think that's awesome because you've done that since day one. Yeah, You've you been completely open about it. And for me, not really dealing with anxiety, but dealing with my wife having it, mm. it was, you know, sucks to say it this way, <laughs> So, but it, it's like, I was able to see it through your, through your anxiety. I was able to understand it from a man's mm. perspective because mm. I couldn't understand fully what my wife was going through. Mm. It, it wasn't something that I was kind of wired in that way. I don't, not that that makes any difference, but I think your wife and I are kind of the same where we're pretty mm. easy going. Yeah. Yeah. Like things don't really uh, bother us too much. And yeah. then you and my wife are the same in that you guys are pretty good at controlling situations. Are are like analyzing a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, that that has
1: a lot to do with a curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a <laughs> well, blessing
0: and a curse. Cause... Well,
1: and you're right. And anxiety is taboo in the church, unfortunately, to some degree. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, though. In our culture today, you hear more about it. You're hearing pastors talk more about anxiety. You're seeing a lot of um, micro content online where. Uh, they're doing little snippets of anxiety, uh, and I listen to almost all of them whenever you I went see them, down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Yeah, whenever I see them, I listen to them, and I'm starting to find out more that as I hear pastors talk about it today, they'll they'll start off their their talk with, "I'm talking about normal anxiety, not clinical anxiety." Mm-hmm. So they even themselves still today Separate do a it. separation of the two because the church doesn't really, I believe, know how to, and probably doesn't want to mm-hmm. uh, confront the issue of mental illness versus because it's sad, spiritual things yeah
0: it's a, uh, well just you know trust in the lord with all your heart and yeah. everything will be good yeah and it's it goes deeper than that
1: it does it goes it goes way deeper than that uh, but let me just say this though and backing up for a minute there is relevancy though when i hear pastors confront anxiety in their boldness about faith there's mm-hmm. relevancy to that i don't want to take away from that No, absolutely there are some not. people who who believe god could do the, the amazing and the unthinkable which I believe that too mm-hmm. and so I, I don't I don't really look down on those guys or I don't critique them to because of their faith yeah. uh, I, I say hey that's cool you know you need people out there that are gonna just have this this faith on fire
0: but it's not a cookie cutter it, but it's, that's exactly
1: it... and and that's where if they have any congregants in their church who are going through things like anxiety or suffering from it and they hear that in one way that begins the process of condemnation mm. and guilt because it worked for them why And is they're it hearing their pastor tell them, "Hey, God should fix you" versus having that conversation about, you know, how do we look at anxiety in the church. Yeah. So, but again, I'm not I'm not knocking them in any way cuz you need people who believe that Jesus is the final answer on everything you need those people because you know what and you you read the scripture he is
0: Yeah, whenever he went
1: and healed somebody it was done deal Mm -hmm. and he healed everybody from demon-possessed to you know uh, Physical uh, illness elements or anything like that. And so you want to believe that Jesus is still that same way. Yeah, but here We are today dealing with something that it doesn't always happen that way And so I think it
0: uh, sometimes it's it's not that they don't have I won't say they don't have compassion Mm -hmm. but it's it's you know, we talked about it earlier when you're dropping bombs. Perspective. <laughs> but
1: it's perspective. Yeah. and Yeah. And I, I think so. I, I think. And, and and let me back. Let me. I keep saying let me back up. But let's go back a little bit more. I, th- I believe this is why God allowed this to happen to me and has allowed it to continue to happen to me. Because I am a pastor. Mm. And God does love everybody that suffers with anxiety. And he does have an answer for them. Yeah. Because you never want to get to a point because this is what anxiety does. Is it tells you that there's no answer?
0: Yeah.
1: Even God doesn't have an answer. And now, when you start hearing that in your mind, you got you got to take a step back from it and say, "What's going on?" And so, our conversation uh, that we had earlier, and I think it's fitting for this conversation.
0: I didn't is, think it tie in, but it, <laughs> it
1: does. Because you have because anxiety when, when we when we look at it a little bit closer has a lot to do with feelings. Has a lot to do with perspective. It yeah. has a lot to do with God mm-hmm. and it has a lot to do with you. It's, yeah. it's, it's all introspective. You have people that suffer extreme anxiety and you would never even know it yeah. by looking at them. You would never know that what's going on inside them. is like World War Three, yeah. while they're sitting there at the park with their family and their kids are on the swings. You would never know that. So so it's very introspective. So yeah, anxiety, it, it, it has a lot to do with feelings. has a lot to do with perspective. And as a Christian and a pastor, it has a lot to do with God. And, and, and what
0: would you say to the person who doesn't have God?
1: How does well, anxiety? Well, how,
0: I mean, how do you think anxiety affects well, that, people? Well,
1: that's a great—that's a great question. Because in in my journey in plight of anxiety, I have reached to a lot of secular. Uh, that's what we would call it mm. in the Christian world. Secular help. I I went to a lot of. Uh, secular books on the brain and how the brain works. I went to websites yeah. on testing the brain. And so, uh, you know, when I see people approach anxiety in a non-biblical view, they, they, they're they actually approaching it in a biblical view. They just don't know it. Mm. You know, the, the different uh, uh, verbiage they use to help people and to get people to try to uh, uh, live a life with anxiety. Uh, for example, they use words like meditation. Yeah, They use words like well, there's, there's a big, there's one website I was recently visiting and they did a big thing on Tai Chi. Mm. And that was because they said, you know, this is very helpful to the soul. And and so honestly, and it's, still, it's, it's really interesting yeah. that even the secular viewpoints and the worldly, what we'd call worldly viewpoints, their approach even ultimately ends introspectively and spiritual. Mm. Yes. So that's interesting to me that, you it know, is. you see the world uh, ends up at the same kind of... Crossroads as we do, mm-hmm. uh, but of course I would stand and say they end up at a different crossroads because I end up at the cross, yeah. and they end up, you know, with Amen. Tai Chi and different things. And you know, again, uh, I, I would have to say if anybody is listening to this who has anxiety and is non-Christian, yeah. I'm definitely not going to knock anything that's helping them find uh, peace or resolve. Because
0: um, I think that's always the. In this podcast, I never aim to be a Christian one, mm-hmm. but it always yeah. is my perspective because I am a Christian. Yeah. But at the same time, I know there's other dads who out there who just tuned in to be like, hey, I'm a, I'm a dad who, who needs some, some transparency of what other dads are going through. So it's always uh, a key to kind of be able to speak to everyone too sometimes. Because like, well, I think that would be the question, well, what if I don't have God? But
1: it, Well, it makes it easy for me to mm-hmm. talk to people because I know if so, I'm talking to somebody who's not a Christian, Mm. And they have they're dealing with uh, generalized anxiety disorder or panic disorder or those those severe ones. Yeah, I know that I can use verbiage that may not be Christian, but I'm talking on their, on their level, level and they're totally understanding and yeah. they're getting into it and they're saying, "How do you know that?" And man, you're talking in my language and and that's because eventually you want to lead them to you know in my opinion as a pastor mm. I would lead them to like I said earlier the cross, but I can relate to them using common, you know, yeah. language to them because we're on the same journey and it, it ultimately has the same uh, uh, remedies, if you will. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. So I, I would say that uh, my my journey with anxiety and, and not really having gotten into the conversation too much yet, but uh, about where I'm at and how I find relief and how I find answers and mm-hmm. all that on the surface level. Uh, yeah. In the church today, uh, it is, it's, it's one of those things that, is becoming more... It's increasingly becoming common. Uh, but still, with a lot of quote-unquote old-school pastors, mm-hmm. uh, they want to approach it a little bit more on an old traditional biblical perspective. Yeah. And, you know, what are you going to do? I'm not going to say no to that. But, again, I believe... But,
0: yeah, it seems a lot of... It's, it's all younger pastors, though, that are making that that choice and are going through it and then choosing, you know, well, suicide as yes, a route. Uh, yes. And so, why do you think it's younger versus I think, older? Because it really wasn't something that we've seen. Oh, I I don't know. I haven't heard of it. It's not recently, there hasn't been a lot of older pastors. It's all young pastors. And well, so,
1: that's interesting. You would mention that because in in my in my research of anxiety and mental illness and disorders like that, it, it does it does range. Mm-hmm. There there is that range. Yes. Yeah. And I'm finding the but I'm finding the more you talk about it now, the more willing, somebody at that age is ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And and so I think that culture, that generation, let's say from 60 to 75 or 55 to 75, they're part of that generation where you don't talk about that much in the you church.
0: You don't talk your feelings. Yeah, you don't yeah. talk
1: your feelings. You don't go and say, hey, man, I'm really struggling in my mind with my thoughts and I'm feeling angst and I'm feeling, you know, because yeah. well, you know, it's just not what you do. But now this new culture that where God, I believe, is using this,
0: Uh, They're hearing it
1: and they're coming down, going forward at the end of church service saying, man, I'm going through this too. And I've been going through it for a long time. And I'm not a war, because post-traumatic stress syndrome is easy to talk about for old uh, veterans. But I'm not a veteran, but I got mind trips too, you know. And Mm -hmm. so, but it starts to come out. And I I think, so I think that uh, it's a part of, like I mentioned earlier, a tool that God is using to address something that's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe it's even in the Bible. No. I see it in the scripture Yeah. so we're talking about something that's been around for thousands of years and what I mean by that is just take Elijah when he's in fear and he flees from Jezebel he leaves and he goes hides in a cave and wants to kill himself oh, Yeah. And can you imagine what was going and on he in can't his head leave that
0: cave. <laughs> you like, you know? he couldn't get up
1: Yeah. And God had to come to him and say what are you doing here yeah. so I, I believe we've seen this type of mental um, um, illness these types of uh, thoughts this type of uh, what happens within somebody introspectively we've seen all the way back in biblical times. Yeah. And I've even researched uh, what the Romans used to do about anxiety. So it's been it's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and it was around in their time, it was around in our time. and uh, But just most, I would say in our culture, if I had to say most recently, I think God is wanting to give answers yeah. uh, through the church, from pastors, from Christians. He's wanting to provide answers, give people hope because that's who God is. He yes. gets hope. So, but we got to go through it. And that's one thing I had to learn.
0: So is, let's... Now let's back up. Yeah, to, now to, it's to time quote to quote you there. from what you said. Like, <laughs> let's back up. Tell me about your first anxiety attack. Well, because I know you struggled a little bit earlier, I, yeah. But then it was recently that it just hit you again, like a ton of bricks.
1: Yeah, in my in my uh, early twenties, I had my first panic attack. Uh, I wasn't a Christian then and uh i you know uh, the whole routine and if you're listening to this and you've experienced a panic attack you know the first thing you do is what you call the ambulance and you go to the hospital because you there. think you're dying
0: been there with my wife
1: Yeah, <laughs> so that happened to me when i was about 20. Yeah. Uh, and it was the doctors just said it was a result of my lifestyle i was i lived in huntington beach i was doing my party scene thing and so i kind of understood it to be that way and i went on uh, some medication then and I was just at the foundation of my life. So Did they I,
0: diagnose that as anxiety? No,
1: they gave me Xanax though, oh, okay. which is common to treat anxiety. Mm. Uh, so they didn't tell me that I had anxiety. They just said, hey, we think you're, you know, you're overly
0: stimulated. Uh, yeah,
1: stimulated. Here, take this. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't go through the process of seeing counselors or anything like that. I just took anxiety. But then my life was moving a lot then. I was, you know, young, turning into somebody that wanted to get married. And so there was a lot of events in my life that were, that were... Uh, there to kind of overlap that thought mm-hmm. and so yeah so 10 years go by I get married I have kids 13 years later
0: all's well and good all's
1: well as good I live my life becoming a pastor all these things and yeah and then one lovely night yeah. uh, that I'll never forget and it's so funny too because I have uh, security cameras like a lot of people do and I went back and I listened to those security cameras to see what had happened that night and why I experienced oh, wow. what I did and I remember uh, what happened was a firework my neighbors love love them yeah. they set fireworks oh, yeah. off uh, all up. random uh days of the year mm-hmm. and they happened to set one off that night and it woke me up because I heard myself on the camera get up oh, from okay. the sound of the firework but what happened in my mind was something that I, I would never forget and never had experienced until that night and that was an overwhelming sense of fear mm-hmm. um because a thought came to my mind at that moment and I don't know where it came from. It must've been the dream I was having. Yeah. A thought came to my mom, my mind that, uh, my children would forget who I was. I don't know why I thought that hmm. Because I, I just had a, a thought like, are my kids going to forget me? And that turned into a feeling that, um, turned into another feeling that turned uh-huh. into another one that eventually kind of, imploded and exploded into a panic attack and I drove myself to the emergency that night.
0: You drove yourself?
1: Yeah, I did. I just jumped in the car. I said, something's wrong. Something's not right. Don't know what it is. And that's, that begun my newer journey of anxiety. After that, I, I, they, it's interesting too, because I went to the emergency and they chalked it off to me having low potassium. (laughs) So there I go, look up low potassium and sure enough, somewhere in low potassium says you become delusional. I I don't even know how that seemed true.
0: So you start eating bananas.
1: Yeah, so I start eating bananas. (laughs) That's right. Because if you you know bananas
0: or uh, or is that a no no for you? Yeah, I eat bananas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and if you have anxiety, you know you start to do anything to make yourself find relief. So I did that and I was good for about a week until it happened again. Wow. And that's when I drove to my general doctor. I left work. It happened right at lunchtime. Was it the same thought? Uh, no, different different thought, same feeling. Okay. It was the feeling of panic. And fear. And fear, overwhelming sense of fear and loss of control. And I drove to the hospital, or to the hospital to my doctor, and he's the one who told me, I think you're experiencing uh, anxiety. Mm-hmm. So it brought back a lot of memories. Where, yeah, I did that when I was younger, you know, type thing. I didn't treat it as serious as I did now, but I'll tell you what, um, the fear that I had that day was crippling, though. It, yeah. was, it was unlike any fear that I Cause had. that's what I
0: remember t- you telling me. Is yeah. You, you were crippled.
1: Yeah, I, it was a crippling fear. It wasn't just your average worry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was angst. It was a sense of, of deep, deep terror, you know. And yeah. I didn't even know where it was coming from. About everything. About life. About my job. About my, as a father, as, as a pastor. Everything. every As a Christian, I had this just overarching fear. And I didn't understand why. Yeah. Uh, and so for about three days, I was laid out. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't go to work. I didn't eat, uh, wasn't sleeping uh, because you couldn't because your mind's racing. So you're and just
0: literally living in your thoughts. I
1: was living in my thoughts trying to figure out what was happening to me.
0: And how was your your family, like your, your children? Your Having, children? They
1: had no idea what was going on.
0: They didn't know? Uh, like, they didn't my know kids, like, they just uh, went on as normal? Or my they... kids
1: figured I was just not going to work. Yeah. They didn't know that I was experiencing that. My wife knew because yeah. I was telling her every second of the day and night. And she was very worried. Mm-hmm. She was very worried about me. Uh, because she had never seen me in this condition, I, I'm like most people. I'm a, I get her done. I get things done. I yeah. go. I move. I, I, you know, I handle business, uh, and so this was this worried her.
0: Yeah. So, and so I, let me stop you there, mm-hmm. because, for me, this is really what brought it into perspective of what anxiety is, and it, it's. So, I mean, you can't say you can control it. You know, it's it, it yeah. starts with fear. It starts to come, but I know when I saw my wife into it going there and this is where i would just i was I had no understanding i'm like oh well just she, she couldn't do anything mm-hmm. same thing like mm-hmm. i'm stuck i and like you know that we're we homeschool so i'd be like homeschool wouldn't be done and i'd be like what do you mean she's just, I'm, I'm having anxiety right now i just can't do anything. i'm mm-hmm. like well just start cleaning like just get up do something know? do something like yeah. get your mind as a matter off fact, of fact
1: Allie, my wife she after the third day, she says, "Go mow the lawn." Yeah, just get up and go do something. Oh, good. So I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> go mow the lawn or something. And you know what I did? did
0: you? I did. Oh, and you, you did. know what?
1: That was a life changer for me. Yeah. Because while I was mowing the lawn, You're... I realized that I'm still alive. Yeah. That I'm still able to actually mow the lawn. Because for the the three days of me sitting day and night, I begin to convince myself that I you can do nothing. I, yeah. That I was done. Mm. That's I've done something to myself. Somehow or some way, something happened to me that is so debilitating that this could be permanent.
0: What were you feeling as like a father?
1: uh, Because I know you said you had things. I was feeling scared because, Mm -hmm. well, well, okay. So without getting into the last three years, yeah, you're trying to summarize that. We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to summarize that that feeling as a father at the beginning was a feeling that stood with me for years after that okay the feeling of not being able to be the dad that i'm supposed to be mm-hmm. not being able to be there for them uh in the way that i want to be yeah uh, the expectations that i see as a dad the expectations that i see as a husband and i'm using the word expectation because that's a big word yeah. for people with anxiety <laughs> and uh, and so all the expectations I had on myself as a father, as a husband, as an employee, as a pastor, as a Christian, as a son, as a brother, as a friend, all these expectations I had, every single one of them all at the same time were being taken away. They were being stripped away from me. And it was it was—it uh, was a loss of control like I've never experienced. One that I felt was going to be uh, impossible to recover from.
0: Do you feel that, that those expectations that you're carrying... Was a weight for you, and and also maybe a cause.
1: And I didn't know it at the time. Yeah, I didn't know it at the time. You know, it. Uh, you don't know. That's that's
0: hard when you carry expectations of how you should be, how you you know. Because I I'm guilty of that. Like I I should be like this as a father. I should be this as as a friend. You know, and we keep trying to live to these expectations, but versus reality, or if reality hits an anxiety well, attack, you
1: know, we we walk in this world behind a veil. Mm-hmm. Okay, most of us. Uh, and you know we have this filter if you will and and behind that filter is you and front of that filter is life yeah and and it, within that filter before that veil we have a certain identity that we put on ourselves mm-hmm. We're, we grow up with it uh, how you're raised yeah a uh, teenage years even after do you graduate do you go to college these types of things and in inside that veil if you will like uh, let's just call it like a beehive suit you're in this beehive suit and all the bees are outside, but in the beehive suit, you, you have your own identity. And, and so then when all of a sudden that's stripped away from you mm-hmm. and the suit is off you, the veil is gone, uh, then it's just you and life. But with this identity that you have, you've developed, you, it's who you are. And when all of a sudden life challenges you to challenges that identity, Yeah. that's when you start to realize who am I, what's yeah. going on, what am I supposed to do now? And how am I supposed to recover from this? Yeah. How do I move forward Forward from this uh, as this person that I don't know? Mm. Because that's what it does. That's yeah. these moments, these, these moments of uh, uh, identity checks, you know, this self realization type moments, Yeah. you know, like, whoa, uh, what's going on now? Yeah. And I think, I think that that's what that moment was taking me back to that, that night. That's what it was. It was my, my moment of who have I become? who do I think I am and what's gonna now as of this point forward um, how do I define myself
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and it was cool to see I think through the years of kind of kinda seeing you go through it and you know just walking as we walked as a families together and, and through anxiety because we would come over here in your house and like my wife's going through it and be like we're going through it like "Oh, yeah. will come over let's talk yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, know, yeah. you guys would just dissect it yeah. going through it and it's like it's interesting to see um the perspective shift mm. as 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 you talk about it as you as you're going through it and I forgot where I was going with that Well, point, no, I want to
1: no, that's good because also, you know, through this journey um and and I know I see where where we're at with time and all. I want to at least be able to say this cuz if somebody is listening to this Oh, we got this, time
0: cuz I think this is important.
1: Okay, if somebody is hearing this and they are and they are experiencing things like anxiety disorder panic disorder or something like that um, there's a combination of things that that have helped to sort of redefine who I am one mm-hmm. being medication I'm gonna that's the word that, that's that's a big word in, yeah. in the church and and with anxiety medication oh gosh you know yeah. you just said it you know and that helped you, you know it's uh, my doctor says it the best they're like training wheels mm-hmm. and sometimes you need training wheels again you need yeah. to get back on the bike. And learn how to ride it one more time, and then eventually comes a time where you may not need them anymore. And I say you may not need them anymore because sometimes you might need it. Uh, you might need the training wheels yeah. for the rest of the time to come. Um, and, but, that's an, and that's
0: important, just because if someone is in that phase, it's okay.
1: That's okay. Yeah, don't don't no no. It's okay. Yeah. It, it's you're
0: dealing with an illness. Mm.
1: You know. Do you tell the person? That has a headache, uh, hey, you know, put that Tylenol down or you're going to go to hell. You know? No, mm. you don't say that.
0: Like Someone's cancer, like, <laughs> hey, don't take that radiation. <laughs> don't take that radi- Hey,
1: diabetic, what are you doing <laughs> with that yeah, insulin, man? Exactly. Yeah? So you got to look at it like this. Mm. And, and you know, honestly, it does help to see it that way because now you're taking the super unknown and you're putting it in a box. Now, because you have to. Yeah. Because you don't want to get to the point where you believe this anxiety is all there is to life and that it's just this big open black hole in the universe that's able to just take in everything without control because that's a lie. Because eventually you do gain control of your life. Because mm. because the, it, we weren't wired that way. God didn't create us to be under the subjection of our own emotions, Yeah, especially because they're liars.
0: Because that's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so emotion-based.
1: It's feelings-based, it's yeah, emotion-based,
0: totally. It, it, I know when my wife goes through it, it starts with the fear thought.
1: It's a fear thought, yes.
0: But and it could have been anything, anything like anything to trigger it. But once it's triggered, then it just goes its path. And, yeah. And that's when she gets into it. And so it's, it is so heavily emotion, emotion, emotionally well, based. The,
1: the three boys in the fire, the mm-hmm. book of Daniel, they said, you know what? We're going we're, even if, to, even if God didn't save us, we're still not going to bow down to any graven image. Mm-hmm. And then they were thrown into the fire. But because their perspective they had before they were thrown into that fire was, you know what? God is with us no matter what. Yeah. Their perspective, in, they got thrown in that fire, and what happened was they got saved in that fire. The, 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 the ropes that bound them were burned off, and then they were released from that. So, you see, it's this perspective you have to have on, on, you know, on a, somebody who's uh, experiencing cancer. I've met cancer patients who have, have gone home to be with the Lord already. They were some of the most joyous people you'd ever meet. Yeah. Before the end of their life,
0: and it's just perspective
1: because their perspective about their condition wasn't, you know, oh my gosh, woe is me, you know, yeah. I'm just dying, and you know, they they were they had this other way of seeing their condition, and anxiety is the same way. Mm-hmm. It could be treated the same way, but it takes, you know, the question at that point is what changes perspective? Well, my opinion on that is experience the changes the journey, mm-hmm. the failures. Uh, the victories all of those things they build your, they change your perspective finally till you get to a point where you say i have anxiety yeah. yes i do and you know what it's a bummer and it's not cool and it's very distracting and it's very overwhelming at times but you know what hey even if god doesn't save me i'm still yeah. not going to bow down to that graven image that yeah. wants to overtake me yeah. you know and i'm going to go through this with that understanding of you know whether I feel God or not whether I feel good or not feel good doesn't matter My perspective on life is this you know my perspective on life is I am a father yeah I do have children that I can enjoy I do have a wife I do have a, a plan a life that I can live that's my perspective irregardless to how I feel about life
0: It doesn't define you all irregardless
1: of you know. what my emotions are telling me. Even regardless to what my feelings are, yeah. Because anxiety, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, is a feeling. It, it's mm. a, it's a mental, it's a, it's a chemical challenge. It it's it shoots a fear into you. It's that that flight or fight, you know, thing that we deal with. Yeah. And so um, you can experience those things with a good perspective. It's that raging dog that's coming at you. Yeah. You're afraid of it. But what if you had? What if that raging dog uh, was? Just a little puppy. Chihuahua. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> As a chihuahua that was all, you know, rabbit or whatever. You're just gonna kick that thing. Yeah. You're gonna be like, you know, whatever. So it's your perspective. Mm-hmm. And so yes, the, the feelings are real. The chemical reactions are real. The 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 um the panic, the heart beating, that's all real sensations that they're, they're all symptoms though, but they're real. But your perspective in them mm-hmm. is so you could either say, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm, I'm 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 dying. Oh my gosh, what's happening to me? Uh, then you go into the fear perspective Yeah. or you say, oh gosh, here we go again. For me, I call it the, I call it the fear bubble. I've, I've made my own little thing out of it. Yeah. I say, I'm in that fear bubble again. So anything I think right now is going to be coded in fear. So just let, it'll go away, (laughs) you know, let let it, let it pass, but don't start thinking crazy because you any thought you could have right now, whether it's about your kids, about your wife, about your job, it's going to be all coded in fear.
0: So what do you do when you're in that? in that thought process. How, how, what is your battle plan, so to say, to get out?
1: The, 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 the number one thing that I've learned is you're not the one responsible for relief, mm. you see? And that's what I feel is the difference between the believer and the non-believer, is the non-believer's gonna still feel a little bit of responsibility for making themselves feel good. Yeah, I don't have to. Guess who I get to put that on? Lord. God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's the one in charge. It's his it's and I mean and I don't mean this in a weird way, like a spoiled brat way, but it's his responsibility. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace, is what the Bible says. It's not my responsibility to conjure up that peace. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't, I wouldn't need him. Yeah. So for what I do is I say, Well, I'm at a place now. I'm reaching a place in my mind where man, I'm I'm feeling like I have to start coming up some remedies to, to relieve myself here to, to feel better, to find peace. And when I find myself doing that, I say to myself, Stop there. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. That's going to lead down that rabbit trail of no answers. You need to just wait and let that one that's in charge of your life. Surrender. Governing your life. Let him do what he's going to do. And by the way, and if he doesn't, at least I know he's here with me. Yeah. And if he doesn't take me out of this moment right now, what's the worst that's going to happen to me? But yeah. let me tell you something, Gabe. That's after I've had I remember I had panic attacks almost twice a day. Yeah. This is after me uh, hiding in my room. This is after me... Losing it, feeling that there's no end. Me having suicidal thoughts. Yeah, this is after me saying I'm done living. I can't do this anymore. I remember so, that. Yes. Yeah. So this is so. But you hang in there. You 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 let you let this uh, take its course. You let it uh, sort of. It's like that idea when you're being you're being buried by something. You, you just tell yourself, I'm not being buried by it to 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 be covered to die. I'm being buried in it as if I'm a seed, only to grow something yeah. more out of this. And that's the the idea is. This is, this is not a weight to smash you. Yeah. This is a, a tool used to help you grow and make you a stronger person.
0: That's deep. To That's
1: be deep. able to be there for yeah. your children, who I noticed my son, he's very emotional mm-hmm. and to where he can't control it. And I remember one night I was using the same breathing methods and techniques I used to calm myself down with him. Yeah. And it was inter- it was amazing. I walked out of there going, man, I would have never thought of doing that with him. I would have just said, "Hey, be quiet, knock it off already, man. Yeah. What's wrong with you?" You know. Instead, I'm like, "Hey, hold on, buddy. Hey, listen, let's just do this together. Breathe in, breathe out." And he's looking at me like, "What?" And he's doing it. And, you know, when kids get so mad, they get all <laughs> they yeah, can't yeah. even talk right. He started calming down. Yeah. And I and I went and told my wife afterwards. I go, "See, this is being used for everything now." Yeah. My wife just lost her dad, and I see her in her mind, and I know the ability of the mind. Yeah. And I'm able to talk to her and. Because of the experiences I've had, I'm, I I know where the mind can go. Mm. And I'm able to just bring these different realizations and different things that bring me perspective to her. So, you see, it's a tool. Yeah. Like we started this off. It's a tool used by, by the Lord, I believe, to show the world down here that we're not in control. Mm-hmm. That He's in control. And that you just being enough is enough. Yeah. And that's okay. And And expectations, well, you know... <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that you know, why do we have expectations? It's, it's how we're wired, you know. Yeah. But so, there's a lot of learning, a lot of things behind it. I mean, we can do a whole nother show on, on the, the this the topic, in-depth... I think,
0: can go on. I mean, you could literally have your own podcast, <laughs> <It> <laughs> really, probably after this, yeah, you might. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally,
1: because, because anxiety has so many layers to yeah. it. Um, at well, least when I talk about this type of anxiety, you know.
0: Well, how did you share with your children?
1: I told them that, uh, that I have, I told them I have anxiety. I said, you know what? Dad has something where, uh, God's working on him. So mm-hmm. just pray for me. And it's funny because I could, just for the last two years, it's like, and it, I ended up telling my son one night, I said, you know, God's using this anxiety. So pray that he continues to use it. Right. Yeah. So, cause they always pray for my old, oh, you know, Lord, uh, help dad with his anxiety. And the other night I was feeling real good. I'm laying in bed, man. I'm, Getting ready to read my book and my son's praying and he goes, And Lord, use dad's anxiety tonight. And I go, <laughs> no! Wait a minute, no, man, i was doing fine. I looked at my wife and I gave her this look like, What did he just pray? <laughs> you know? I was like, so they, they so they they know to they just pray for me. Yeah. They know that it's something that um that I that I that I deal with. Um but they also know that it didn't change me. Hmm. They know that it that I'm they know that uh I guess what I'm my prayer is that they're they're gonna learn that, um, that life is going to be hard, yeah. But they'll always remember that we still lived during that time
0: that you endured, man. Yeah, that and
1: that's did. my prayer is yeah. that they would see that, and they would always remember. Oh yeah, Dad dealt with anxiety, you know, because uh, kids their age they're dealing with depression today. They're de- they know these words to them are common. Yeah, they're not they weren't as common to us back then. They're common to them these yeah. days. Oh yeah. And so I I think they're they're seeing. Hey, my dad lives with it. Yeah. When they hear a word like my my son had a friend at his age who dealt with depression, and I know he's thinking. I bet you the first thought he had was, "My dad deals with these things Mm -hmm. and lives too," because he ended up talking to me about it. Yeah, Dad, what should I say? Is what he asked me. Yeah, and it was really neat. So
0: he now um, has compassion and understanding,
1: and they see that you can have these things and still live. Yeah, they see that, and because we're living, I mean, geez, you know, I I, that's that's a reminder I have to tell myself all the time: I'm still living. Yeah, and there's times where I sometimes look at Ali and I'll say, "Am I living? You know, am I doing all right?" (laughs) And she's like, of course, you know, of course you are. And I've said that enough to know that that's true now. Yeah. But it took a while to get there. Yeah. Because this mental... How long has this journey been? The hardcore part about it, I'm going on three years. Yeah. And when I say, I know, you know, I had anxiety in the 20s, but this is, these last three years have been a dark time. It's been the hard, hardest thing I've ever ever had to go through.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh, because it's all in my head yeah and it's all about it's not something my thoughts.
0: You can just wild racing something. thoughts
1: yeah and so um so i'm not i i'm not gonna lie or to anybody i still have anxiety i do yeah um and but uh thank god that i have i feel now more uh uh, uh weapons to combat against it mm. day one i came up with nothing i yeah. felt like i had a plastic bag to defend myself. You had bananas. Yeah, I had bananas, <laughs> exactly. And now I have, I feel just a whole armory full of things. I have journals that I've written. I have things that for every feeling that I've thought, everything mm-hmm. that I've gone through, I've written a rebuttal to it. And yeah. I sometimes go back to those to remind myself, remember when you're feeling that one? Because anxiety tells you this, here's a new one. Here's a new feeling. You yeah. don't know this one. This one's gonna really get you. And then, you know, and then you learn. Uh, let me just sh- say this before we end anything. Um, I wanted God to be my healer for so long, Mm. and it wasn't until the last few months, and I'm not even lying, just a few months ago The Lord said I don't want to be your healer. I want to be your teacher. I'm gonna teach you through this So for the last couple years, I just been looking to be healed.
0: I think that's huge because everyone wants healing. Yeah We want want relief. They want done.
1: Yeah, and when you finally accept that, no, you know, I'd rather him be my teacher I'd rather learn through this, then your perspective, like we said earlier, then your perspective changes. Yeah Because now you're not moping around that you're not being healed you're now saying, well, what am I gonna learn? And I believe that he's gonna be my teacher because, well, because I'm gonna be able to help others. First of all, help myself, mm-hmm. my family, if ever, and others with the same tools that I've learned and that yeah. I'm gaining right now. So it's not over, and to some degree, I feel like, you know what, it may not be, but that's okay, that's okay. Because because you know what, we're... Uh, It's either this or what. My my neighbor has cancer. My another person I know has this and that. And everybody's got something. It's really the only
0: way to reach people who have anxiety. Yeah, and that's true. For me to come in and say, "Hey, let's talk about anxiety," and I don't deal with anxiety, they're gonna be like, "You're full of it." Right.
1: Well, yeah that that is. That's uh, comfort one another with the comfort that you've been given first. Yeah. And that and that's that's. uh, I read this book by an author named Michael Wells, amazing writer. Uh, he said the only he God called him the minister to broken Christians, mm. but he didn't realize that he had to be a broken one first. Oh. And he said, and after that, the nine years of his life were miserable, yeah. <laughs> dealing with all kinds of different things. And uh, but that's the idea. Yeah, is uh, but one thing he coined, and I really love this statement, and that is, uh, there's no illness that the nearness of Christ cannot cure, and I believe that, mm-hmm. and they believed it back in the day when Jesus was around and i still believe it today so i know he can heal i know he can cure and if it's not he can walk and teach you through it yeah. and that's where i'm at today
0: and yeah i think that's that's where we can end cuz yeah. that's a good spot man. <laughs> right I think, on, um, man i appreciate you for coming on sharing your story cuz it's it's a personal story and it's and it's one that you've experienced a lot of heartache and a lot of trials but you've endured it man and and it's been awesome just to see the changes being on that journey with you with my wife
1: yeah well and so Well, thanks for having me, man, and uh, and yeah, and my main thing too is if anybody's listening to this, that's going through this, uh, there's there's always someone to reach out to, Mm -hmm. and reach out because there's no sense of becoming reclusive, and thinking you have to deal with this on your own.
0: Yeah, and I think that is the biggest takeaway: is you're not alone.
1: Yep. All right, man. All right, man. Thanks, bro. All
0: right. And uh, with that, we're gonna land it.